Today is March the 31st, 2020, and I want to finish sharing with you some of my most favorite Bible verses. I think this is a really good time for us to review what we know and what we really believe. And today I want to share a verse out of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15. I think this is really important for us as we're all locked in with family or either alone. And in Hebrews, it says, looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. I love it when God uses the word diligent in in the Bible, because that means be consistent, don't give up. Stay with it. He said, looking diligently lest you fail the grace of God. We've talked about the grace of God many times, and surely you know what that means. It's God's unmerited favor toward us. And once we become a child of God and Christ lives in our life, we continue to sin because we have an old sin nature that doesn't die I've often wondered why God didn't take my sin nature away, but I believe I know why He didn't. Because of my sin, I still need Him every day. And if if I didn't sin, or if if I I would be God, and I certainly wouldn't need Him. So I thank Him for His plan for us. But how do we fail the grace of God? It's when we fail to recognize what we do that's wrong. Because once we recognize it and own it and agree with Him that we're wrong, He forgives us and cleanses us and remembers it no more. And that's the grace of God. I'll bet you can join with me and say you can remember most everything anybody's ever done bad toward you. But God is not like us. He not only forgives, but He forgets it. He puts it as far as the east is to the west. And I love that He says east and west and not north and south. Because the equator divides the earth, and there's no division between the the east and the west. You get on a plane and you fly west, and you fly long enough, you'll end up in the east. And vice versa, you get on a plane and go to Europe, And if you keep flying, you go around the world and you'll end up in the West. And that's Asia. So there is no no mark. The East is so far from the West, but you can't have a mark to delineate it. And that's the grace of God. He also says that a root of bitterness will spring up. Oh, my goodness. Bitterness is lingering anger, and if it takes root, it's so hard to get up a deep root. I've seen roots force sidewalks to break, and when trees don't have deep roots, heavy rain and strong wind can blow a big pine tree down. Roots go deep into the ground, and it's hard to get them up. 
And this verse says, lest a root of bitterness spring up. You don't want to be bitter, and you don't have to. You don't start out being bitter. You start out being angry, and you justify it, and you refuse to say it's wrong. That's really the hot button. When I teach Bible classes and say anger is a sin, people resent it because they're angry, and they don't want to think of it. But I didn't make it up, and I didn't declare it to be sin. It's found in the Bible. It's found in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. It's found where it says, let all anger be put away from you. All anger be put away. Because if you don't put it away, and the only way to put it away is through confession, but if you don't do that, it turns into bitterness. I loved all my husband's good illustrations. We used to grill with charcoal, and you had a starter, a can of lighter fluid, so to speak, and you'd go and you'd squirt that on the charcoal and then throw a match in there, and it would just flame up real quick, big flame. But then it just sort of settled down, and the coals turned red, and the coals continued with a slow burn. And Sam would compare the flash of fire as anger. Somebody does something, and you just all of a sudden find you're so angry. And if you don't deal with it, the anger just settles down in your heart and you you seethe with bitterness like the coals just continue to burn. But then the verse informs us of two other important things. You will be troubled. If you're bitter and resentful, you're troubled. You don't have any peace. You aren't comfortable. You can't get along with yourself because you don't like yourself, because you don't like anybody that's bitter, and you can't get away from yourself. People change husbands and houses and vacation spots, but they take their same heart with them wherever they go. And that's bad enough, but then the verse goes on to say, you will defile many think of that. Bitterness is a defiling agent, and you defile people that you come in contact with. As we sit here in our homes quarantined, self-quarantined, my heart and my thoughts go out to people that aren't so fortunate to know what we know. And they're sitting at home just seething, burning like that charcoal because they can't watch a football game or they can't go to a movie or they can't go out to a restaurant. All the pleasures of life have been stripped of us. Now we find out where does our pleasure really come from? Does our pleasure come from the knowledge of the Word of God? Or does it come from the entertainment, the sports, the restaurants, the movies, the shopping? This is a good time that God is testing all of us. And I think about the people that are bitter. There are a lot of bitter people in this world. And I'm sure in my neighborhood. And there they are with their family. 
defiling everybody that sits at the table with them. So beware, and don't fail the grace of God. Keep accounts with Him. Confess your anger and your selfishness. Now, here's another verse that is good for this time. It's James 1, 19 and 20. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, when the word brethren is found in a Bible verse, it's speaking to believers. My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Do you hear what that said? That says the wrath of man never works the righteousness of God. And I have heard people say, we should get mad at what's going on in the world. You should get mad about abortions and all the other things that are ungodly behavior. Well, my getting mad doesn't accomplish the righteousness of God. I can stand up for what's right in this world, but I don't need to be angry when I stand. And he said, be swift to hear. Have you ever talked to someone that you knew they couldn't wait for you to get finished because they could they had to say something to you? I've talked to many people that way. And I remember Sam told me one time, you have one mouth and two ears. Use them in that proportion. Listen twice as long as you have to speak. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. And remember, your anger never accomplishes the righteousness of God. Now, we've gone over 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, and that says if, it's a choice. You don't have to. But if you choose to, then he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Oh, the end of that verse is, is what's so, so rich. People say all the time, what if I've forgotten some of my sins? I didn't confess them and I don't remember them. This verse takes care of that. Once you deal with the present, God takes care of the past. It's all gone away. And the verse I shared a couple of times ago, 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I don't understand that, how fear and love go together. But this verse tells me, whether I understand it or not, that love casts out fear, even when there's a deadly virus among us. If God has caused your love to increase and abound, you trust Him, He's in control, there should be no fear. God bless you, and thank you for listening. Share with a friend.